You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Re... Oh, my goodness. On Force (laughs) Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. We have either just wrapped covering Star Wars Visions, or this is a nice little break between, between episodes, depending on our production schedule. But... Today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, We are joined by a very special guest. Hi, uh, my name is Charlie, Charlie Gavin. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, Charlie. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having me. I'm super psyched about this. Uh, So we met you through our mutual friend, uh, Val Patron, on Twitter. And um, yeah, uh, Val said you were really cool and a big Star Wars fan and that you should come on our show. So uh, Um, I am certainly a big Star Wars fan and Val is also very cool. So I feel honored to be, have called cool by, have been called cool by Val. Yeah. Val, Val is pretty fucking rad. What, uh, what, how did you become a star Wars fan? What is your star Wars journey? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's one of those things where, um, when the, I think the way it was presented to me as a kid, uh, was as this very sort of, important thing i guess like i if i have to try to think back about the first time that i saw star wars it was probably on tv um but i also uh was a i believe i was six years old when the phantom menace came out so i was pretty much exactly the generation that those films were targeted towards um and i i was very much into the prequels uh loved it all completely uncritically still love those movies but in a very different way now um and also uh my uncle uh at the time uh he sort of works in uh games now but at the time uh he was actually the art director for the official star wars magazine so actually i had a family member who was sort of involved in it and I, i kind of idolized him and so i think those things sort of combined to where um it just made it seem even more sort of uh, exciting and magical to use some cliche descriptors to me. Um, I love that. And, yeah. And then I, like, I, I'm the kind of Star Wars fan where like, I, I, I'm very, uh, sort of may have criticisms about it, but I, I consume it all. Like I hate to, I, I don't, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but like, I love the sequel films. I think they're very messy. Um, but I am still so glad that we have them. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I enjoy it all. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of an easy mark in that way. This is what you might call an aggressively pro last Jedi corner of the gotcha. earth that you found yourself <laughs> in. A, yeah, I know. It's a very controversial thing. It's funny because, uh, my girlfriend <laughs> really does not like the last Jedi and I, really? uh, yes, she very much dislikes it. I kind of, I see both directions. Like 
I, 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 uh, I mean, this is it. I, you could talk about this one topic. Forever. There's certain things <laughs> yeah. in that movie that when I saw them in the theater, I was like, this is the most exciting movie watching experience I've ever had. My opinion yeah. about it has evolved since, but there are certain moments that I absolutely love in that film. Yeah, I I get why people don't know how to feel about it in some ways, but I I do not get the anger. Yeah, uh, I I, we, I think the yeah. anger is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and to to your point about like you're happy it exists, I really dislike the rise of Skywalker. Um, yes, <laughs> I would rather live in a world where the sequel trilogy exists, flaws and all then go back to where we were six years ago where we only had like novels and comics and the occasional game to look forward to. And for the most part, Star Wars was a bleeding franchise like it was back in the nineties before the prequels. So I'm, I'm happy rise of Skywalker exists, even if there's a lot of things that I wish had been done differently. Yeah, I mean, if you watch that movie with the sound off, there's some very nice visuals. <laughs> is what I will say. Like the the scene in uh, in Kylo Ren's uh, like stark white uh, chambers where he's having the force vision thing. It looks amazing. Um, not yes. a, not a great movie, unfortunately. Yeah, I uh, there are individual like set bits and like scenes that I like, but it's all taped together in such a like incomprehensible yes. messy way. Yeah. Calvary charge on a Star Destroyer though. Fucking cool. Definitely. Yes. It's it's the Pretty only cool. Yeah, it's the only Star Wars that I can think of that I do not like more every time I watch it. I know. You know? It's like I have to be sparing with my watches yeah. of it. I've Even only the watched other it once. That's <laughs> funny. I was in denial about it. Like the first maybe four times I watched it, I was kind of like, yeah, but you know, like it's just fun. It's just a fun ride. Yeah. And then the, the and then it kind of, it took a while to fully set in like how cynical some of the decisions were. I mean, you know, the actors are great. They're, they're, they're well yeah. cast. Great performances. Yeah. Costumes there's, are great. Costumes Gorgeous. are awesome. I love, uh, I think Michael Kaplan did the costumes on that. I love. Yeah, costumes. he did. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I went to watch it again and my plan was to write down everything I enjoyed while watching it. <laughs> and, uh, I got halfway through the movie and was like, this is, this is not fun for me. And yeah. I turned it off. See, I, I could like, make that list. I could, I could make a list of things that I, I could. About it. By it's, the way, listener, that is how you you handle Star Wars. If if a piece yeah. of Star Wars is not for you, just turn it off. You don't have it's to like okay. harass. Oh, there's a lot the of creators. Star Wars that is not for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just don't. Enge- there's yeah. so much of it. There's so much to go around. Just find the thing you do love and like enjoy. My that. thing too is like there's so much bad Star Wars content that has existed yeah. for a long time that it's like mm-hmm. it's not like. The seal, you know, it's like it's not it's not shocking to have a, a bad piece of Star Wars media, you know, like no. so many of those novels. And I, I love the old EU stuff, but a lot of it is really bad. If we're being yes. completely honest and yep, bad yep, in yep. A, like a schlocky way that like I enjoy. But don't pretend like, uh, you know, y- you're uh, breaking something that has been 
flawless up until this point, you know? Yes. Do you have, like, an obscure character or, like, alien or something that, like, just really hits for you? Hits in a positive way or in a negative yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hits in a positive way. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, like, in super broad strokes, when the new Jedi Order stuff was, like, out when I was a kid, I was found it very exciting um, and mm-hmm. interesting. I don't think it's good, necessarily. Like, it, it's hard to be more specific about it than that. Um, I know what you're saying. Yeah, there's like a lot of really interesting stuff because I'm like, wow, I can imagine that this is what happens in the future of Star Wars. But I, when I heard that they were not going to use it for the sequel trilogy, I was like, oh, well, of course, like that would be so. Yeah, yeah, it would have been absolutely I, impossible I don't know to adapt. Yeah. Overwhelming. But yeah, very much they're... like I'm sure this has been talked to death, but like it did kind of uh, surprise me. The one thing I feel like I liked the most from that is uh, the sort of general character of the Jason, the mm-hmm. the son who turns to the dark side. And Kylo yeah. Ren feels very much like a literal port of that character. I don't know if that's intentional or just a coincidence. I think probably a combination of both things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like general themes and ideas that if you squint hard enough, you see how those novels affected where we ended up. Like, I just think on a macro level, like, alien invasion does not feel like Star Wars to me. As far as, like, the, the, um, I can't even remember what they're called. The Yutan Vong. Right, yeah. yeah. But, like, I'm also very nostalgic about reading those, but I'm also, like, seeing that in live action would be horrible. I would never want to see that, personally. Yes. But I also think they will do it, because I think that, like... They're just like so desperate to be like, okay, well, people hate that, so maybe we'll do this. I'm I'm sure we will see it at one point, and I'm going to cringe on that day. It could happen. The, I there loved was... them. Really? Yeah, because well, they go. were so different. They weren't like the Empire again. They weren't right. the Imperial Remnant again. They were totally, totally different from anything we'd seen before. Now, does all of it work? Not really. And like to your point of it not feeling like Star Wars, it, they do feel very Star Trek to me. Yeah. And I love but, Star Trek. Don't get me wrong, but oh, I, same, I feel, same. I, 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 my, the brains get, the, the wires get crossed in my brain when there's too much cross pollination. It's very delicate balance. I, I think there's a way to do the Vong story that feels more cohesive with like, the themes and expectations and like visuals of Star Wars. Yeah, well, I'm sure but, you, I'm sure you guys have heard about uh, they were going to do it in the Clone Wars. Yes, that's yeah. what I was about to say. And it, but it sounds like it's going to be like an X Files thing, which is like that sounds yeah. interesting to me. Well, they they broke it down a little bit. I think at a celebration panel, it would have been four episodes. They would have barely showed the Vong, except in like a reveal at the end that it had been them. But it was George Lucas's version of the Vong, who were not really from outside the galaxy and yeah. were not immune to the Force. And it's like, wow, you guys might have pissed off that. everybody. I know. I, yeah. I would have liked it, but they would have like the kind of people who would have been excited for the Vong coming into canon would then be mad that they were tweaked. I don't know. Like it, it sounded like it was a solid story, at least, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're going to use them, I think you need to, like, 
use them in name only. So kind of similar yeah. to the way, what they're doing with Thrawn, even though they, they are taking yeah. some more specific things, but like the execution is different for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I love Thrawn. I do think these new Thrawn books, Zahn has kind of drank his own Kool-Aid and, um, yeah, I haven't read them at all. It's, I really liked the first two. The rest of them have just been like not for me. It, but, just, it uh, kind of confuses me um, how he exists in the world now. Like before, it was very clear where it's like the Empire's gone, except for this guy who was like a high ranking person we never saw before. He's a military genius and he's kind of making a power grab. But now where it's like, oh, he was just always there, like, off in a corner somewhere. It kind of just, like, confuses my brain contextually. Yeah. He he leaves the story before the original trilogy. So kind of yeah. like in the old books where, like, he was off on a, on a mission and that's why he's not in any of the movies. Uh, right. they, yeah. do, they do send him away. These all take place before A New Hope. But uh, in the show Rebels, he is very much a villain and he uh, is unapologetically a villain and it's great. Yeah. And then these, these novels that Zahn is writing is like, well, actually Thrawn is a good guy and everything he's doing is for uh, the greater. And it's it's just kind of silly. It's just like, buddy, I know he's like your special, like your special boy and you love him. But uh, yeah, it, it it personally doesn't work for me, but I, I love the character and I, I do love how they used him in animation. Uh, I totally. think he's great in Rebels. I think he works best probably in animation, although I'm sure we will be seeing him in live action shortly. Yeah, he's he's on his way. Yeah. Well, with that, this episode, we are talking about Star Wars songs and not like John Williams, not, not good old Johnny. <laughs> We are talking about songs that were inspired by and written for Star Wars. And we've all kind of come up with a numbered list. And I think what we're going to do, dear listeners, is we're going to talk through our five spot. We we put it in a ranked list like we're YouTubers. We're going to do our fifth (laughs) song, our fourth song, our third, our second, then our first. Um, So for for rank number five, does anyone want to go first? I I, uh, if I could do the honors... Please. Absolutely. Take it away. Yeah. It is from a wonderful little album uh, called Christmas in the Stars, um, which yes. you may or may not have heard about. Big fan. I got mistletoe and holly. I got peppermints and lollipops and 20 different kinds of chocolate bars. Everyone will be delighted. Even I am quite excited getting ready for Christmas in the Stars. I I think the idea of what was uh, canon was insanely vague uh, when this was yeah. made because I think it's from like I believe 1980 or around then. Um, but yes, Christmas exists, Santa Claus exists, uh, elves exist, and they talk about cows at one point. Um, they talk about Einstein. They talk about Einstein. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, this is like kind of my go-to, uh, uh, one of my go-to Christmas songs, I have to say, like Christmas in the stars. It's a good uh, how, one. How can it get better than that? You know? 
I'm I'm listening to it right now. I have never heard of this before. Oh this my god! Fuck fucking wild! Holy it's amazing! Yeah. Also, personally, C-3PO is my favorite Star Wars character. So I just I love the amount he just basically has to carry an entire Christmas album, which is kind of hilarious <laughs> yeah. to me. R five D four gets a cameo too. That's um, longtime listeners may know that my girlfriend is obsessed with R five D four, and he gets a little shout out. He's he steals the hover skates, I believe. I love I love how they're kind of half world building. There's hover skates, yeah. but also just like normal Santa Claus. I think they or is Santa Claus a robot? A- no, it's well. It's it turns out they're waiting for Santa Claus, but they get Santa Claus's like nephew or something because Santa's too busy to go to every galaxy. Weird. But he, he's, he's a human. And yeah, that that's a gem that there's a moment yeah. where C-3PO, the lyric that sticks out in my mind is when C-3PO says uh, in another one of the tracks, poor King John was so put upon that the Magna Carta was sealed. And to this day, <laughs> I don't know why C-3PO is talking about the Magna Carta in a Star Wars Christmas album. Like none of that. I love Star Wars media that implies the existence of Earth because it's so bizarre and strange. Like, that's kind of my favorite thing. Do you know who the lead vocalist on R2-D2 We Wish You a Merry Christmas was? I have no clue. None other than a young John Bon Jovi. Oh my god, really? Yeah. He had an uncle who was involved in the album and he got him on. It is the first professional recording of John Bon Jovi. That's amazing. And someone argue it should be the last. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all, Christmas Star, in the stars. Star Wars is so weird. I love it. What a good pick. Jesus. What can you get a Wookiee for Christmas if he already owns a comb is a certified <laughs> banger. I think it made the billboard. Well, that, well like, let's not get ahead of chart. ourselves here. I, I, I'm just saying. That's my I'm, favorite. I'm a huge Christmas buff. Like, I love weird Christmas things. I love like learning and reading about different Christmas mythology. Uh, so the fact that I have this album to like dive into after this oh, recording, I'm like, can we, can we wrap this so I can go? Yeah, listen? I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm very tickled. This is going to be great. Uh, any, any final thoughts on Christmas in the stars? Enough to fill 15 of these recordings. It's, <laughs> it's best that I don't even begin. <laughs> I mean it yeah right. it kind of it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. My my number 5 is uh not obscure at all. It's a bit of a classic and some might argue that it should be higher on this list. But it is uh Yoda by Weird Al Yankovic. Oh yeah. I asked him his name and in a raspy voice he said Yoda. Why It is inspired by, or I guess based on, uh, Lola, uh, by the kinds. And it's, it's a good song. It's, it's fun. It tackles, uh, you know, it's told from Luke's perspective as he is training with Yoda and Empire Strikes Back. And, uh, it, it's, it's maybe not a, a banger, but it's, it's a good time. Uh, I, I would, I would argue that it is absolutely a banger. Definitely. This well, song I'm, actually uh, low-key kind of spooks me out uh, with how it uh, predicts the future, where 
He says, the long-term contract I had to sign says I'll be making these movies until the end of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like yes. I, I, literally when when uh, Luke says I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray. And it's like, well, yep. Yeah, that is currently happening right now. That is the case. Weird Al just is good at calling things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. I uh, I have to say I, I, I'm, I don't love the song Lola, but I do love the song Yoda. Agreed. There's quite a few Weird Al songs where I'm like, I don't really like the original, but right. your version now, it's great. For sure. Perhaps the quintessential Star Wars novelty song. Arguably, one could say. One could. What about you, Ryan? What do you got for number five? I got, um, I, I feel like this one's a classic and fairly well known to the point where I think my girlfriend's high school choir performed it. Uh, John Williams is the man by Moose Butter. Fly the Falcon through an asteroid till the princess is annoyed. This is spaceships, is monsters. I've never heard of this. Really? It is an acapella medley of different John Williams themes besides Star Wars with Star Wars lyrics. So you've got. The Close Encounters theme, but the lyrics are like Obi-Wan telling Luke to use the Force. It's mostly quotes. Uh, the Jaws yeah. theme, but the lyrics are about Chewie being a walking carpet. Uh, let me paste the link. It's it's really good. It's by Corey Vidal, who went on to host the uh, a bunch of the Celebration live streams and is a really fun guy. Um, yeah, I've, editors oh, wow. know, I've sent the link. It's, it's him. He sings four-part harmony himself. It's it's good fun. Andy, did you know this one? Uh, I definitely saw this when it first came out, but I have not thought of it in 12 <laughs> years. Oh, man. It's been stuck in my head for 12 oh years. Oh, my God. I, I'm a fan. It's And it's, it's really a tribute to John Williams, even more than Star Wars, but the two are kind of inseparable. So I would say I, this I is, got to see uh, John Williams at uh, one of the... Um, Hollywood Bowl live things. Oh, I believe it was for ET. How was it? It was amazing. Um, That's awesome. We keep saying. I mean, I appreciate like he's so old. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I'm like it's amazing that he's here. I I can't believe it. I would not want to be actively working or going yeah. out on on but performances he, when I'm that age. He just does. He. I met him in the bathroom at the premiere of The Force Awakens. At oh, my Dolby. God. That's yeah, crazy. I was walking in and he was walking out and I just made eye contact with him. And I was like, thank you so much for coming back. And he, yeah, he looked at me confused because I, I, I think he meant the bathroom. He thought I meant the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean the bathroom. Right. He like, he yeah, he, me he like gives you a tip. Yeah. He like thinks you're the bathroom attendant. <laughs> yeah, I never expected him to come back for the new movies. I was really surprised. No. I was sure that they were going to get Michael Giacchino or something. Oh, yeah. Totally, but I'm so glad he did. It, it brings yeah. it together, and and yeah, what better tribute than to? It, I have to say, Star it really Wars does lyrics. help to kind of legitimize those movies yeah. in a way. Hundred yeah. percent. It's it's really easy when you're a huge Star Wars fan to forget what else John has done, but yeah, uh, yeah. Th- things like the Superman theme and things like, I mean, Jaws and uh, E.T. and Close you know, Encounters like, is like another amazing score. Yeah, he, the man is 
remarkably important to all of cinema, not just to, you know, the little piece of it that we feel ownership of with Star Wars. So yes. For sure. Anything else to say about the the medley? Uh, I think it's really really fun. I think it's it's really fun. I apologize. Yeah, I, I didn't know yeah. about it, and I'm I'm glad that I know about it now. I I apologize if the lyrics lodge themselves in your brain to the degree that they have with me. <laughs> and now the Indiana Jones theme is called "Kiss a Wookie, Kick a Droid." As far as I'm concerned. Oh my god. That's all I have. <laughs> all right, moving on to to number fours. What do you got for us, Charlie? All right, so. Slightly stretching oh. the definition of a novelty song here, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a classic, which is uh, B. Arthur's rendition of uh, the Star Wars Cantina theme with lyrics. So say goodnight, friend. <clears throat> Good night, but not goodbye. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it is kind of a... A weird, sad version, I guess I would say. Like, uh, something about this makes me feel wistful in a way that I'm, like, not really comfortable with um, feeling in in the context of the Star Wars holiday special. It's that B. Arthur delivery. I mean, she is yeah. the best part of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kind of, kind of makes you accept what's happening. This this woman has has lived a life for sure. I don't know how she feels about her guests. Uh, she seems there's some weird flirting that goes on in this at some point. Um, I have to assume it's consensual. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. It has to be. But well, uh, I mean, she's not interested in them, but she right. knows that like by playing this part of like a flirty bartender, she's going to like bring in more tips. Yes, um, for sure. As confirmed by the Aftermath trilogy, uh, her character is a lesbian. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wait. <clears throat> oh, yeah. They brought her back in a novel, didn't they? That's yeah. right. Or that's it's the it's the woo her short story. Wait, so they've canonized this character? They they did. She is canon. Uh, wow. Ryan, you are thinking of her second appearance in canon now. Oh, does oh she show gosh. up in after? Oh, she is in aftermath. She isn't is in she? aftermath, and it's confirmed that she has a wife. And then they brought her back for from a certain point of view. That's right. And she has like you know a, a bit of a role in that. That's right, because Wooher mentions like knowing her and that she works the night shift and he works the day shift, and that's mm-hmm. why she's not in a new hope. That's right. This does <laughs> not seem like the same location. I don't know if it's just the set, uh, but it doesn't maybe it's just because it's a tv set it does yeah. not feel like the cantina to me i, I don't no. know why exactly they did their best yeah the name of the song is good night but not goodbye and yes. it's it's her like closing time song like get out of here clean up it seems exhausting to have to do this every night like they just need to get the fuck out of there yeah, yeah. they do uh leave guys leave when like Five minutes before its official close, wherever you are, just leave. Yeah. Do not wait until it is officially closed, and definitely don't wait till after. They should have <laughs> to do this at the uh, Ogus Cantina at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yes, yes. I have heard that there is, like, a special little one-minute cute closing time show with Rex. I haven't seen it. I don't oh, know really? anything beyond that. If it doesn't incorporate at least a quote from this, they're wrong. 
Yeah, absolutely. I do have a, a quote by B. Arthur from the Portland Mercury. I was trying to find it because I remember reading it a while ago. Um, she says, I didn't know what that was about at all. I was asked to be in it by the composer of the song. It was a wonderful time, but I had no idea it was even a part of the whole Star Wars thing. And it's odd. <laughs> I get so many letters and requests for autographs, and I only remember singing to a bunch of people with funny heads. Wow. <laughs> good for her. Yeah, good for her. It sounds I mean, like she had the best experience out of everyone we know. Who was I was going to say, holiday special. Yeah, yes, not knowing that you were part of that is 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 the peak. Incredible. <laughs> My fourth spot is uh, this is a tribute to Chase over at That Guy Jedi. Um, Chase's whole deal is that like pointing out the intrinsic like camp and queerness inherent mm. in Star Wars, which I, I love. I love his channel. I love that he does that. And nothing to me is like more inherently camp and queer than disco. And so like this oh matchup. God. Is going out to my dear, dear friend, uh, and dear friend of the chat, uh, the podcast, uh, Chase. Uh, it is yeah. Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk by Mecco. like a resurgence a bit in like the last five years but there was definitely a time where this was very obscure for sure i used to drive around in my car listening to this and like hype myself up it's on my running play like, it's uh, a bop yeah, it is a certifiable it's banger i played this for my girlfriend for the first time recently uh which was really fun to just i mean there's so many parts to it it feels very dramatic the way it it's builds. long yes but you can't start it and not listen to it all the way through. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be allowed to, in my opinion. If I was in charge. Agreed. I would it's an earworm. It gets in there. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. Not to not to say anything against good old Johnny Will, but uh, <laughs> I do feel like this might be an improvement. Like, oh. you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Come on. <laughs> Maybe uh, they can use it in the inevitable episodes 10 through 12. Yeah. Oh, God. Those are coming at some point, aren't they? <laughs> 10 years, I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they better be. I don't want 10 years. I think we need a breather, but yeah, I, I, I will be amped when they're announced. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can when say When episode no, 9 was about now. to come out, I was like, no, never. They should never do any more after this. And then... I saw episode nine and now it's been two years and I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do them. Come on. Like, am I really going to have to wait 10 years? Like, let's just do it. That is how I felt about indie. When like indie four came out, I was like, Oh, I don't think they should be doing these anymore. But then I was like, you know what? I don't want to end it there. Uh, Bring it back for one more baby. Cross this bridge. There's just no going back. We just, we can't end it like the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Ryan, what do you got for number four? Um, real quick about the, about the Star Wars uh, Mecco thing. Oh, yeah, I, I do absolutely. need to make a quick shout out to my sixth grade math teacher, Mr. Wenzel, because every Friday, if we were good throughout the week, he would put on like a weird song of some sort, something silly, something fun, something that we would like, but we didn't know while we studied at the end of class. And like four weeks into sixth grade, I remember I was sick. I don't know what was wrong with me. There was always something. And I wasn't there. And... 
to hear it from my friend, he put on this disco Star Wars mix and everyone in my sixth grade class was like, oh man, where's Ryan? So A, he had to play it again the following week and the following week. And B, that was when I figured out that I was the Star Wars kid. Like that, yeah. that was the moment when I knew. <laughs> um, my number four from what I would say is one of the most underrated Star Wars parody TV specials in the galaxy, uh, the Phineas and Ferb take on A New Hope. I have never watched oh, wow. an episode of Phineas and Ferb besides that one. It was genius. It is We Love Tatooine because the special centers around these two kids who are moisture farmers on Tatooine, basically living Luke's life. They're actually friends of Luke, but they're the polar opposite in that, like, while they're force sensitive and they know the galaxy's out there, they're perfectly content to have fun on Tatooine. Yeah, it makes sense. They because they uh, they write songs for every episode of any like. There's always an original musical song, is my understanding. Exactly. Yeah, and my my girlfriend is a fan of Phineas and Ferb, and she was she was amused that that's the only one that I've seen. But like, <laughs> just you know, the lyrics like jamming with the modal nodes, racing turbo dust bikes, trading with the Jawas, tricking out a droid, oh, or souping man. up the barge for a trip around Anchorhead Tower. We can stop along the way and start a Tuscan Raiders, but still be home in time to fix the evaporators. Come this on, is really like, cute. Yeah, somebody I'm, did I'm their homework. Of whoever got to write these lyrics, I I know. <laughs> Uh, somebody needs to let me do something like this, please. You you deserve to. I've known you for an hour, and you deserve to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just very fun. The whole special has some really good songs, but this one just this lodged itself in my head. I love Tatooine. I want to see Tatooine as much as possible, and whenever yeah. people complain about, like, why is Star Wars going back to Tatooine? I'm like, because that's, like, that's where Star Wars is from. Like, Star Wars yeah. was born... On Tatooine, you like very much so. Like that's like complaining like why in Jurassic Park are they always going back to the dinosaur island? Because that's where <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park is. Like that's yeah. that's where the thing the, that's where the story is. So yeah, Star yeah, Wars uh, is about wanting to leave your small town, and Tatooine is your small town. We all grew up on Tatooine, even if it's not a small town for us. Like and uh, yeah. a song just kind of celebrating that, and with two characters <laughs> yeah. who are just happy to be on Tatooine, I think it's really cute and touching. Yeah. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I, I figured you would. Excellent. All right, moving on to the song number three. Well, my song number three on the list was actually Yoda, so. Oh, nice. Ah. Further so, further reinforcement of, of its quality. I love that it's it's higher up on yours. Why is it, why is it so high? Why did it steal that, that third spot? Yeah, it might be it might be uh just the one that I've I've sort of has been ever present in my childhood. I feel like that song I've just always been aware of that song somehow. And possibly the first Weird Al song that I knew of is that song. That's I don't know that's magical. Like I don't think I can remember what my first Weird Al song was, but like Yeah. I it, I if I if I if I had a bet, I that is the one that I would say. That's awesome. Good stuff. It's it's a really good pick. Yeah. I mean, it it made it onto my list. It wasn't as high as the third spot, but I picked it <laughs> uh, for a reason. And I considered almost cutting it, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, it definitely deserves to be on everyone's list. 
Ryan. <laughs> I'm so sorry it's not on mine. It's okay. We still love you, Ryan. <laughs> my, my third pick is uh, a fun one. It's like a fan-made song. Uh, is Galactic Empire State of Mind by Roskman oh, on YouTube. Inspired by Jay-Z's Emp- Empire State of Mind. No longer anarchy, formerly a Skywalker. Son's next rebel hero, but I'll be set forever. I'm the newest dark boy, and since my training years, I can choke from anywhere. Yeah, my force is everywhere. Used to grow with Obi-Wan. Uh, and it's, it tells the story of Darth Vader through the prequels up through Return of the Jedi. Oh, I and love that. It, it slaps real hard. I think it's really good. Are we youthful enough still to call it a certified banger? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, certified I will say banger. there's like a weird part in the music video where Vader like dances with Hut Slayer Leia, and you just need to like, oh, geez. you just need to think that that's Jay Z. That's not Darth Vader. Because uh, <laughs> that's weird. Oh my god, I love this. That's it's so really good. really fun. Oh man, I love the Rebel Pilot Step Team too. This is doing it for me. The video. <laughs> We need more spinoff material about Porkins, is my feeling. I know Agreed. we've gotten some, but there can never be enough. There's a really good one-off comic by uh, Marvel that has Biggs and Porkins kind of on yeah, a retreat I think together. Yeah, I, I think I read that. Yeah, that was that got into his head deeper than I knew I needed to go. Yeah, there's some like deep-cut references in this song. Like You can tell whoever... like wrote it or helped them write it like knew their legends material as well and uh it's like i think it's a good tribute to jay-z while also being a really good star wars song and like just a good song there's a lot of fan-made songs out there that maybe like don't quite hit the person they're tributing or they don't quite hit the star wars level or they're maybe just like not the most musically gifted performer out there. Oh, I love in the video how the Princess Leia just took off her bums, revealing they were headphones. Yeah, it's and clever. she's got the Max Rebo piano. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Um, like, the the whole thing is just really, really fun and cute. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. There's some really, really good lyrics. Like, there's some, there's some clever wordplay in there. Amazing. I am bookmarking this one. All right. If we stay at the intersection of uh, narrative hip-hop and Star Wars, but go just (laughs) next door. Uh, Since Lin-Manuel Miranda helped out with Star Wars, it was inevitable that Star Wars would cross with Hamilton, yada yada. Anyway, my number three is a song that I found a couple years ago called The Son of Anakin. Orphan, son of a queen and a Sith Lord, dropped in the middle of an ignored spot, deep in the outer rim by Obi-Wan, a lonely son of hero. Grow up to love it. Uh, Just like that, it tells the story. It's more the story of Luke uh, than Anakin, Mm -hmm. but it it goes from A New Hope to The Force Awakens, which I believe was the most recent film at the time. I'm so on board with this. If I may, having Vader as Burr be the like opening intro genius yeah absolutely (laughs) really good call and it's 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 just really well written the lyrics are great um having leia at the end as peggy say and i loved him like a brother and then like kind (laughs) of wink at the camera is very fun yes yes oh i guess she wasn't peggy peggy was the youngest you know what i mean yeah yeah it i would watch a whole musical 
I'm surprised there isn't a Star Wars musical yet, an official one. It's always kind of funny to me, the context of, like, stuff specifically about Luke that came out before The Last Jedi, because it's such a lightning rod of, like, everybody gets mad at that point, essentially, about Luke's character. <laughs> so it's it's funny that this does not have that factored in. Well, it, in the lyrics, it says, I, I just brought them up, a missing Jedi Knight hiding out at rock bottom. When Kylo Ren destroyed his class, he hoped we'd all forgot him. Like, they... They were conscious of who Luke was. They understood right. where he was at at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They they got it. And let me see when this came out. Because, yeah, this came out a year and a half before The Last Jedi. And they knew. Like, they, they got it. They they predicted it. Well, they, they even asked the question, like, will Rey become a Jedi too? And this was definitely yeah. before The Last Jedi title came out. And they ask, like, is Luke going to train her? And, like, that is the question of The Last Jedi. So, like, yeah. these fans were on to... They were they were picking up what J.J. laid down and were, like, oh, right there yeah. with Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. Luke's one of my favorite characters in all of fiction, and it's a, it's a nice tribute to him, and it's funny. I do like to listen to these two songs back-to-back, actually. Like, oh. I have them in a playlist right next to each other, and they bookend each other. Of course you do. Really, really That's nicely. That's genius. And uh, I kind of am delighted, Ryan, that you have this as your number three. <laughs> yeah, that that timed out really well. As soon as you said the, that it was a like a hip-hop Jay-Z kind of... I was like, wow, this is good. We're in sync. Look at us. We should start a podcast together. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's call it Force Pals Review. What's the what's the YouTube channel who wrote this, Ryan? Plug them. Unlessons did this. Cool, cool, cool. Good, good shit. Unlessons. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, what do you got for coming in at number two? All right, get ready, buckle yourselves in because here comes another banger, and uh, it was briefly referenced earlier in the podcast, which is oh what can God. you get a Wookiee for Christmas <laughs> when he already owns a car? Yes, yes. Which is like sort of the pinnacle of world building in Star Wars, if you ask me. I uh, agree. Because it's like, you know, what do you buy a Wookiee for Christmas? And Love and understanding. Sort of name things. But you have to listen to the next track to find out what they got. There's something terrifying about this, the world. When you just listen to this, it's like these hellish robotic voices. It feels like they're in hell. I don't know why. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so this song opens with people talking about their shopping list for the different Star Wars protagonists, and then they don't know what to get, I guess, Chewbacca? Yeah. I don't know if they said his name, but they're they're trying to figure out what do you get a Wookiee when last year you got him a comb. It seems they're afraid to say his name. They do not say his name. They're lucky they didn't get their arms ripped out. Very much so. They, they sound like... Um, Stuffed animals that have like gone past their prime and their voice boxes are now like running low. Yes. Like their their voices are a little upsetting. <laughs> it kind of gives me like it makes me think of uh the the original one of my favorite Star Wars things, which is the original Star Tours Q. Um, with just like all of the robots yes. sort oh of. Oh my resisting. gosh, yes. That's 
I don't know if I ever consciously realized it, but I think that's kind of who I was picturing. Those binocular robots in the next yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. And also just that kind of like sort of like uh, electronic-y, like it makes me think of what they're listening to in that scene, like what's on the radio and stuff. Whoa, wait, did I not know this? That Mecco of disco Star Wars fame also produced Christmas in the Stars? What? Hold on. That sounds right. That that, that dude was winning in the late 70s, early 80s. Fascinating. Yeah, Mecco Monardo produced. Yep, love it. Yeah, this is this is a gem. This is probably my favorite song on the album. It's pretty memorable. Charlie, you're you're the gift that keeps on giving. Um, <laughs> I I can't believe I did not know about this album, and I'm just like, I'm so I'm so delighted by it. Uh, I'm so stunned that you. We're, we're not on video people. chat, but I'm grinning so big. This is very good. Well, I'm glad that I was able to so share happy. the magic of this album with you. I've known Ryan for a good 10 years now, and he's never told me about this. And I've known you for an hour, and you've told me about it already. I frankly think that that is extremely irresponsible, Ryan. I'm so sorry. I I don't know how I didn't. We, We, back in the day, like Christmas 2012 or 2013, Andy, we in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, we dressed up together for a Star Wars toy drive. You were your stormtrooper. I was Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I listened to this album on the way there. Wow. Oh wow. I am a bad friend. It's okay. For not, I know. <laughs> you know for, for being a vegan, Ryan, you're a terrible evangelist. For I really am. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I'll be more in your face about yeah, my exactly. diet and my get, cheesy get 80s Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts on when you get a what, what what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Parentheses <laughs> when he so already many. owns a comb. Um, I don't want to spoil the next track, but they do get him a hairbrush. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> just get him a hair dryer. Why wouldn't you get him a hair dryer? That's next year. Well, <laughs> um, well, he doesn't fall into the water in the trash compactor because I guess Wookies don't like hair dryers and they don't want to have to dry them out. So there you go. See. My number two spot is uh, not worth posting in the chat because everyone knows it. It is The Saga Begins by Weird Al, based on American Pie by Don McCoy. Oh, yeah. So good. We found this boy. Oh, my, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. He left his home. I think so. I, get, I get legitimately emotional listening to the song. Yeah, it's like, I do too. It's very, very much a time and a place. Like, uh, yeah, this is is exactly the zeitgeist of like all of the excitement before. I mean, I was six years old, but I I very much remember the sort of feeling before that movie came out. I was talking to producer Ronnie on the phone before recording, and he was talking about how this pulls him back to 1997 pizza hut. Oh, like, like his understanding of star Wars was like those toys in this song. Yeah. This is the song that he realized Anakin and Darth Vader were the same person. Like, this is how he found out. And like, yeah, listening to this song brings me back to like a time and an age where things were very uncomplicated and uh 
Star Wars was really, really fun. And Star Wars is still fun for me. Obviously, I wouldn't do this podcast if it wasn't. Yeah. But this, like, recaptures that, like, childlike wonder I had uh, with Star Wars. I mean, Wars it in really a very is the first, the, sort of the last moment before uh, mass anger was sort yeah. of whipped up for the first time that I'm aware of. I mean, very well may have happened in the 80s. I just don't really know. And I, we didn't have the internet, don't really have the documentation. But um, yeah, the Ewok haters couldn't unite. Yeah, it, it actually does. It reminds me of like the pre Last Jedi moments where it's like, yeah, just excitement, uh, which quickly turned to fury. <laughs> I mean, that was for people still there with older, Force Awakens. You know? I really do think that a lot of people forget that because The Last Jedi was like so much louder. But yeah. like, there was a reason why John Boyega left social media and why Daisy Ridley left social media. Like, it's right. because yeah. the same people that were nasty to them over Force Awakens were nasty, were even nastier too. Um, God, I'm, I, I just blanked on Rose's actors. Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, right. So, yeah, I do think it was still there for Force Awakens. It just hadn't, like, catalyzed in such a way that, like, uh, the emotional baggage of seeing Luke Skywalker kind of, uh, I guess, intensified it. Also, if I understand correctly, um, he did not have any inside knowledge of what the plot would be. So this was all based on uh, Internet rumors and leaks at the time because it was recorded before the movie came out. 100% 100% correct. He, wow. I just read up on that. Um, he, exactly what you said, he would pay, like, there was a charity premiere, so he paid a bunch of money yeah. to go see the movie, but he barely changed anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Funny. Yeah. Shout out to TheForce.net, man. Back in the day. Oh, he wasn't using Super Shadow? <laughs> 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 That's a whole other thing. Yeah, for for kids today, uh, Super Shadow is like um, infamous fake leaker, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The original uh, Mike Zero. Yeah, the original Mike Zero, but like way more fun about it. Yeah, way more fun about it. Like he claimed that he was like childhood best friends with George, and that like yeah, he got to like visit like Luke, like like his his claims were like astronomically big, and uh, it was very yeah. entertaining. I recently found out he was, this is less fun, but very much on brand. He was in a, he was constantly in trouble because he would pick some supermodel's photo and claim she was his girlfriend and poster, 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 poster. And then she would find out and she would come at him with a lawyer and he would take it all down and they would break up. And like, there was this whole underlying narrative (laughs) of his turbulent, but exciting romantic life. I love the idea of like that. That is how the coolest you can be. Uh, in late '90s, early 2000s, internet is being best friends right? with George Lucas and dating supermodels. Yeah, that <laughs> right? is the epitome of like early. 2000s. I mean, if I if I could choose m- my ideal life, I don't know if it would be far off from that. If I'm being completely honest, right? Any more thoughts on the saga begins? Because, in my opinion, it is the quintessential like. Star Wars. It really is, yeah. Like, Star Wars I song. mean, if if you're gonna, if there's one Star Wars novelty song, it's this. Yeah, which yeah. is impressive because it's so heavily prequel focused. And it, it it is the one that like the most casual average fan knows. Like, if you have only seen the movies 
and maybe you've watched The Mandalorian, you still remember this song. Right. It's it's not like some of the, the much deeper, like, fan-made cuts or, like, obscure things from the 80s. Like, everyone remembers this song. For sure. Yeah. There was an interview where I wasn't sure if he was joking or not, but uh, Weird Al said that he's heard that Don McLean has accidentally sung his lyrics at least once. <laughs> I'd like to believe it. That's I kind do of too. magical yeah. if you, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, oh, Ryan, what's your number two? Yeah, so my number two, um, around the time that Disney bought Star Wars, there was a whole string of YouTubers who put out like, ha ha, this is what it's going to be. Here's a bunch of Disney songs, but with Star Wars lyrics. But there was one that was really good. And in particular, their take on Mulan's I'll Make a Man Out of You, but it was Yoda singing I Will Make a Jedi Out of You was like Mm. really good. And it was just a 30 second snippet. But years later, I mean, like, you're starting from an extremely strong base with that song yeah, already, right? So years later, they wrote it as a full four minute thing. Uh, I've just sent it to y'all. Oh my gosh! And it is the Clarkson Twins featuring uh, Black Griffin. Hmm. Let's get down to business to defeat the sin. To complete your training is my only wish. And it is just fun. Like, I remember hearing the little 30-second snippet. You must be uh, swift as the flying X-Wing. Like, come on. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I I would work out to this if it were longer. And now that it is, I it is it is on my essential. 5k 10k half marathon i also love somebody being like forced to sing in a yoda voice which i'm sure is not easy (laughs) on the old vocal cords right yeah this this vocalist is doing a really impressive job of like hitting they're really selling it yeah. yeah, it's it's well done and it's funny and it's it's I think that's the perfect intersection of like the fun Star Wars novelty song when it's actually well produced and well performed. Beautiful. It's a good one. And yeah, like you said, it is it is just a very good song to begin. With. I can't believe this is your number two spot though. <laughs> it's so it's 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 Luke Skywalker, it's Dagobah, it's running, it's Mulan, it's well done, it's a show tune, it's it things just I checks like. All the boxes for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have I respect I, it. Thank you. There's a. I don't really remember how it started, but there's a 5K out in Palm Springs that benefits a children's hospital that I've visited as Luke Skywalker that I run every year as Luke Skywalker. And this is oh, wow. this is on my playlist for that race. Yeah, in the Dagobah costume with I made moccasins that go over my running shoes, Yoda's oh on my, my back. And this is the ultimate pump-up song for that, I have to be honest. Good stuff right there. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if... Um whoever that YouTuber was is listening, but uh, I think they would be very touched that their silly so. Yoda song uh, helps you run that, that charity 5k. I, I hope they would. Yeah. This is, I was a little surprised. That's as high as it is too. Yeah. It's uh, the Clarkson twins featuring. Yes. At black Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, it's time for number ones, though, I think. Let's do it. All right. Charlie, hit us with that number one. 
All right. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of songs I could have put in this slot. And I don't even know if this is the one that I necessarily have the most emotional attachment to, but it's the one that, if I'm being honest with myself, if I was on a desert island with one Star Wars novelty song, I've got to say, it has to be I'm Han Solo from the Star Wars Connect soundtrack. This almost made my list. Oh, yes. forgot this existed oh like, no I think it's, it's genuinely uh, i went to see the solo movie and i was sad that it was not playing over the credits it felt it felt wrong you know <laughs> i mean that's not the only reason i was sad at the end of solo but that was definitely one of the reasons oh wow yeah yeah this song is uh what is it spoofing or paying tribute to i guess you know, I don't even know. <laughs> I probably should know, but I kind of just like to believe that this is just like a standalone song. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Oh, it's isn't it I'm Riding Solo? Yeah. Oh, there you go. This is what Albert Einstein listened to before he wrote the Bible. The comments are a delight, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not even so bad it's good for me. It's just it's just good. I'm so happy the carbonite's gone and moving on. Like, come on. It's it's a gem. Yeah, it's really good. He's Han Solo. I mean, what else can you say? I have to say, this this song feels more tonally correct to me than the entirety of the movie Solo. I don't necessarily like when media like does a wink and a nod at memes that have like sprouted up around it, but it it is truly a shame that there wasn't like kind of a subtle reference to this in. Yeah, so, uh, I wonder like, if, that like, been... if, if Chris and Phil had made their version of the film uh, to their full Chris and Philness, you know, you never know. I wonder. We might not have gotten like Spider Verse then. True. You know, so like it probably True. worked out for the best. But like, oh, I don't necessarily think their version would have been a good movie either. I actually yeah. don't think that like that is a good idea either. I just think yeah, it's yeah, cursed. Yeah. A cursed project from its inception. <laughs> it, uh, I would have enjoyed a wink to this more than I would have enjoyed L33's name. So, e- oh my god, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How dare they? Yeah, not great. Um, but yeah, oh, this, oh this, my god, I forgot about that. This song truly is a bop. It's it's catchy. It fits the character. It's better than the original song. Like, it's silly when Star Wars was just allowed to still be silly. How do you misuse Phoebe Waller-Bridge to that degree, is what I want to know. Yeah, she's an icon. She's incredible. Well, they they fucking um, misused... uh, The character's name is Val. I'm blanking on the actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tondue Newton. Yeah, they... They misuse Thandaway Newton. Like, they misuse a lot of things, yeah. Yeah. It's If you f- flip Woody Harrelson and Thandaway Newton uh, in their roles, it's it's a better movie. It is a better movie. And I'm saying that as someone who, like, unironically loves yeah. Beckett. But, oh, yeah. And you yeah. cosplay him masterfully. Thank you. Thank you. I was right. very confused, like, I not to go off on a tangent here, but, like, for some reason in Act 3 of that movie... 
I was really confused about what was happening when they revealed uh, the Cloud Rider character. The I can't even remember the name of like the the masked character who was Enfys Nest. Enfys Nest. First of all, yeah, giving an origin story to the Rebel Alliance was I'm not what I expected to be happening in that moment. And yeah. then when they revealed her, I was like, is this supposed to be the child of Beckett and Val? For some reason, <sighs> I was so thought that that's what was happening. I don't know why, because I think I was thinking like, why are they showing us this character's face? Why does this character matter? Star Wars loves that, a parent reveal. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Just the pacing of that last part of the... Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I'm just... It, very strange movie, in my opinion. If Beckett at the end had said, like, Han, I'm betraying you because you're teaming up with the person who murdered my wife, that makes yeah. sense and is a stronger movie, but he just is like, I'm betraying you for greed. And, uh, like, it has nothing at all to do with the fact that you're teaming up with the person who murdered my wife. It's like, well... I remember that she murdered your wife, even if you don't, Beckett. Anyway, yeah, yeah. this is not a, a solo podcast, but this song rules. Yeah, very much so. Uh, my top pick, my number one slot is uh, going out to Adam Warrock. Uh, Adam Warrock was a nerdcore rapper in the like mid-2000s. Uh, oh, wow. He, he did some like other stuff too, but like his, his, his most popular stuff was based on like comics and, and movies and stuff. Uh, he had like a real banger of an avatar, the last airbender album. And, um, he did like a couple X-Men albums that are like some of my favorite stuff. And at the time I was still at Liberty university and, uh, he was the first person in like nerd spaces that I heard like, talking about how like being sexist is gross and you shouldn't be racist and nerdy yeah. and you shouldn't be homophobic and be nerdy. Like all of those things are like incongruent with the media you say you love. And Positions that you would not necessarily, well, I was going to say you wouldn't think it'd be controversial, but then I'm like, I don't even know if I can say that at this point. <laughs> yeah. And for someone who was like, the two biggest things like in my life was the church and uh, Star Wars. Um, I saw like a lot of homophobia in Star Wars fandom circles and, and in comic book circles and stuff. And I was getting that also from like my school and my family. And uh, I don't know. I just like really fell in love with this dude's like fucking music and his like attitude and uh, he would write like blog posts and they were uh, really intelligent and really insightful. And uh, I got to see him in concert a few times. The The guy fucking rocked. Uh, he awesome. released almost all of his music for free, which I also thought was really cool. Once a year, he'd do a donation drive and he'd like sell CDs and shirts and stuff. But he just would post his music for free, which was wild. Um before he was a rapper, he was a lawyer and like he quit his law firm to like follow music full time. Oh, wow. Uh, huh. Yeah, he was really fucking cool. He disappeared like six years ago. He's still on Twitter, but like he just doesn't do like nerd stuff or music stuff anymore, which is a huge bummer. But uh, he released uh, this song and uh, it is maybe higher on my list just because of like 
how much I love him as an artist. I don't necessarily love this character, but uh, in 2013, this was super obscure. It's not anymore. Uh, but this is Thrawn by Adam Warrock. Oh, nice. I don't know, a good, like, 15 years after the novels. So, like, hella obscure at the time, even for, yeah. like, Star Wars standards. It's crazy how, like, the the just sort of public awareness of this character at this point in time versus then. Like, it's really... I mean, I, I never thought they would bring this character into canon. I don't, I don't know why. I was so surprised when they did. I mean, it's great that they did. Like, it's a great character. I'm, it's just, it's interesting seeing the more obscure uh, EU stuff be quote unquote legitimized by the powers that be. Yeah. Yeah, this is a bop. Well, it's fun seeing a character who hardcore fans know and, like, would not consider obscure, but then, like, the general public would consider obscure, but then all of a sudden they get, like, their name mentioned in. Uh, live action TV show and then all of a sudden people are making like YouTube deep dives about who the character is and why they're important and now you For hear sure. your co-workers talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn at the coffee pot and you're like what the fuck is happening it's so like, weird like I, I yeah like it, it, seeing Star Wars become um, I mean it was always big obviously but seeing it so many more people get into Star Wars as a result specifically of the sequel trilogy is crazy. I mean, I love it because all I ever want to fucking talk about is Star Wars. So, yeah. you know, having more people who want to do that is uh, something I'm not going to complain about personally. Like, bring it on. Like, let, let's get let's get more obscure EU characters into the public discourse. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. It's Dash Rendar's time. No, I don't. I don't think it's Dash Rendar's time, but I know Andy oh. does. Oh, well, yeah, I do. I do think Dash Rendar's time. Someday. Uh, I mean, looking at this song, like, he talks about the Unknown Regions, he talks about how he saw the Death Star Falls, he has uh, lyrics about Talon Card, uh, Jeru Sabayoth, and Mara Jade. I got that. Um, it's very fun. My, my favorite bit is, uh, rest in peace, Palpatine, it's for your honorary chart, every course to cross the star <laughs> maps, crush the New Republic, raise that black flag underneath the setting sun. That's when Rook cut me down at the throne where I sit. Gotta admit, oh. it was so artistically done. Oh, like, that fucking smash. Pour one out for Adam Warrock. The The dude was an incredible artist, and I'm, I'm bummed he's not making music anymore. I hope he's doing well, though. Yeah. Great stuff. Ryan, what do right. you got coming in for your number one spot? You know, I gotta be honest. Um... I had the saga begins there for a while and it was flip flopping with another song and I knew the saga begins was coming up somehow. So I had it had it on my list. I had it. I had it at number one, but I also had it. I was if if by some odds it didn't come up, I was going to say it was a tie for number one. But since we already talked about the saga begins, I have to go to Star Wars by Bill Murray as Nick Winters on Saturday Night Live. Right? It's, 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 are you familiar with this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, uh, I thought about putting this on my list as well. Yeah. Star Wars. No. 
nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. It's, you know, it's just a minute long. But it's, and it's just, it's just for those who somehow don't know it, go look it up now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just him talking about how excited he is about Star Wars. And the episode aired like six or seven months after Star Wars. Like, it just, it just captured that excitement of this movie that nobody really quite knew what to make of, except that it was awesome. I don't know. Just the absurdist idea of putting lyrics to the Star Wars music. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's It's evergreen. It is a, a truly evergreen, as evergreen as Disney is desperately hoping the Star Wars franchise is itself. Yes. <laughs> I think we all had some really fun picks. Yeah, this was a blast. What a song to close yeah. it on, Ryan. Good pick for, for the last one. Thank you. It really does kind of bring it all full circle. It is arguably, well, I don't know when the, the Miko song came out, but arguably the first. It was close. It, it's one yeah. of those two is the first. Charlie, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about Star Wars music with us. This isn't what we typically do, but it was an absolute joy to like sit at, sit down and, and hang out with you and talk about yeah, thanks weird, so much. I fun mean, stuff. I've never done a Star Wars podcast before, so this is really crossing oh, something off the old bucket list for sure. Super fun. Oh, well, we're so happy that like you made us uh, your first. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully first of, of multiple, because it's so fun that um, I, I can't imagine this would be my last time doing this kind of thing, hopefully. Well, we would love to have you back anytime, so definitely, well, I, definitely I, stay I, I will take you up on that for sure. Where, where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff? Um, you they can, I will plug my Twitter and Instagram. They can find me on Twitter at uh, Charlie P. Gavin, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-P-G-A-V-I-N and on Instagram where I post comics and stuff at Charlie P. Gavin underscore art. Good stuff. That is where you can find me. Well, that's going to do it for us. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Runs Pod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. We are grateful to be part of the Where They May radio network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM radio, as well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics by Ending Pending and Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Uh, There's some really good content on there right now. I think I might uh, record uh, two honorable mentions that I didn't have time to talk about in this episode. So that might be on there soon, depending on when this comes out but yeah go uh you can give us money on patreon once get all the bonus content and then unsubscribe i'm not a cop i'm not your dad you can do whatever you want (laughs) but there's good stuff over there and we appreciate everyone who uh goes and supports us there so thank you ryan what how do we end the podcast We say to tell the boy about his parents. It has been six years since they didn't tell Ezra Bridger what happened to his parents until the second season of Rebels, and I'm not over it. Yeah, they should. If you know something about a boy's parents, you should tell the boy the the truth. It's always It's that simple. Timeless lesson. Where they may radio. Long, long time ago, 
in a galaxy far away, Naboo was under an attack. I went and Qui-Gon Jinn would talk the Federation into maybe cutting them a little slack. There's a sit didn't thrill us. They locked the doors and tried to kill us. But we escaped from that gas. We met Jar Jar and Boss Nass. We took a bongo from the scene and we went to Thede to see the Queen. All wound up on Tatooine. I have That's returned. We found this boy. I have returned too, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small. Fr- oh, you guys are back. Oh. oh. <laughs>